This is the Ed Milet Show. Welcome back to Max Out, everybody. This gentleman to my left is one of the most recognizable athletes of the last many decades, certainly one of the most recognized faces and haircuts of all time. He is the Iceman, and he is one of the all-time greats, many would argue the greatest UFC fighter in the history of MMA. So, man, I'm fired up you're here, brother. Thanks, thanks for having me, here, brother. Thanks, thanks, Chuck. Chuck Liddell, everybody, in case you didn't know. So, thanks for being here. By the way, we decided to start out with a toast, a little tequila to toast our interview today. Salud. Boom. That's good. It's actually pretty good, huh? Yeah. It's 1942. Yeah, 40 is my favorite. Is it? Yeah. Good. Well, I got a little left when we're done. Um, hey, listen, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, but when the people that are watching this on YouTube, they're going to see a little scar here, and then my road's shut down today, everybody, so it's perfect timing. <laughs> he had to walk. Yeah, his road's shut down. Um, <laughs> just happens that the day that I, I, I had a knee surgery about a week ago. A week ago. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's a partial knee replacement. It's doing well, so I was able to walk. Still make it down here. It took a little while, but uh, yeah, perfect timing. Okay, got a good workout in on my knee, so now just I needed a little ice. I think this is part of the post-career thing guys don't see. You're we talking about some of our mutual friends, like NFL guys or boxing dudes and whatnot. But not only did you have the knee done, but you also had your uh, neck done too. Tell them what you done. Yeah, Everyone's I, seeing these scars on you. Yeah, I, I just well a few weeks back I had, I had my uh, C3, C4 uh, done. Well, and, and I didn't know anything was wrong. Look, I'm born athletes. We're, mm -hmm. we're meatheads. Like if I have problems, issues, and because my C three four it was sliding, so what it was doing was causing me to lose coordination and balance. Really, I, I couldn't. I'll fast forward to that, but I'll talk about it later. But I couldn't pack passage. I couldn't stand on one foot. You're kidding me. Uh, with my eyes closed, as soon as I close my eyes, I would lose balance. I could. I, the guy they asked me to go across and walk walk a heel to, heel toe. Yeah. With my eyes closed. I couldn't take one step. I was falling over. So. I'm like, wow, I guess I, I guess I was, I did have a problem, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. No, but it, kind of, I was, um, go, I went down to, I was trying to put off doing the and replacement they, on the knee, right? So my doctor said, do whatever you can to put it off. I've been putting it off for three or four years. Mm -hmm. And finally, I went down to Columbia. Uh, the guys from BioAccelerator uh, talked to me, and they're doing stem cells down there, and they're doing it a little different. I, I tried stem cells up here mm -hmm. that worked for, for about a month, maybe a month and a half. Yeah. And my knee and they started, go, went, kind of went back to normal. Mm. So I'm okay. And then, uh, but they said down there, they do they do a lot. Down there, they, they're able to do a lot more than they're allowed to do in the U.S. Where's there? Uh, Columbia. Okay, Columbia. Uh, out of the U.S. They're allowed to do okay. a lot more. So I get down there, you know, and I'm going to get my knee down and I get both shoulders. Both, both shoulders have been beat up for my whole career. Mm -hmm. Actually, my, my old uh, doctor, my old uh, uh, doctor for, for my shoulders, so, you know, I pretty much guarantee you're going to have surgery before. Mm. By the time you're 50, you, you look like you played in the NFL for 10 years. Yeah. Your MRI. And I turned 50 this year, and I still haven't had surgery. So thank you. That's awesome. Thank God. But I, I went down there. I got both of them shot up, and I was doing my knee. And they asked last minute, is there any place else that you might want to, to take care of? And I said, well, you know, my neck has been really sore for, for quite a while. Mm. It's just like it seems to stay sore, you know? I said, okay, let me, let's do an MRI first, and then they won't, then, but then we'll do it. Because that, that, it's really good with like bulge discs uh, okay. for the stem cells. I've heard that. So I, so I went, so I went, and they, they, look, they look at the thing, and the guy comes in, the doctor comes in, he's looking at me. Um, uh, do you, by any chance, you getting numbness in your hands? Have you lost any coordination or, or balance? And, no, no, I'm fine. Because I thought I was, and I really did. Uh, 
Yeah, no, no, no problem. He said, "Well, when you get home, take give me a prescription for a test to take." Okay. And told me to take it to the doctor and have him look at it. Okay. So I came home and then I went to uh, Vietnam for a month. Family went to Saudi Arabia. Then we went uh, for a fight. Okay. Watch a fight, and then I then I came home and then we were doing something. About about a month later, maybe a month, month and a half later, my wife's like, "Chuck, what's wrong with you? You keep dropping things." I'm. I'm I'm clumsy, you know that. I've always been clumsy because I was, I was always clumsy. You were I clumsy. Always, I, well, I was always one of those guys like if I'm not doing, I'm not thinking. My mind's always yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. So I trip over things. I do, mm -hmm. I do stupid stuff. And I catch myself real good because I was mm -hmm. athletic. And when I'm athletic, I wasn't when I'm, when I'm working on something. I'm, I'm, I was very not clumsy. Yeah, obviously. But, but she's like, no, no, you're, you're dropping things. It's more than normal. It's, this isn't right. So let's go see the doctors. Let's finally go see what they told me to do down there. So I went into my doctor, Doctor Melamed. He's a uh, this, this center actually down there. Okay. And um, went in to see him, and uh, he he looked at it. He looked at the MRI. And he, he told, Let's "Go get these X-rays." He came back and walk in the room to talk to him. And he goes, um, "So you don't have any symptoms, huh? Mm. Do me a favor. Walk across the room. Stand over there. Close your eyes, and do uh, walk heel toe." So okay. I went over to walk heel toe, and it was like this. Whoa. No, no, I'm, I'm fine. Hold on. I just messed that up. Sorry. Give me two more chances. I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. I couldn't do heel toe. Like, I, my eyes, with my, with my eyes. That would scare me. That and would then, scare me. Yeah. yeah. And then they said, well, stand on one foot. Now put your hands out. Stand on one foot and, and touch it. I couldn't stand one foot. Yeah. I couldn't balance on one foot. And so he goes, well, um, so yeah, you need to do surgery. You need to, you need to do this disc. And he goes, well, um, we'll, we'll squeeze you in next week. Next week? Like, I'm like, well, that seems fast. Uh, yeah. Are you sure we need? Are you right. positive? Like what? Right. You know. And then my wife was doing like, well, let's let's get a second opinion. Let's make sure mm -hmm. we talk to someone. First thing I went to another place. He looked at the thing. He goes, he just looked at it. He goes, yeah. Um, For sure. He goes, yeah. <laughs> so you need surgery. Um, uh, we're gonna we have to wait till this doctor gets back, but we can squeeze you in right when he gets back. I was like, why? Why, why is it so rush? Yeah, such right. A rush? So well, it's the thing is, is, is it's real sliding real bad. Mm. So it's it's tapping my uh, my spinal cord. Dude, it's causing some damage. And then they said, it, it, for some reason, I got some big trauma to it. Yeah, it, there's a good chance it it could, it could Bra paralysis. Uh, yeah, brother. So I was like, okay, cool. So we mm. went got surgery. So the nice thing about it is, I mean, they've been doing the same surgery for about 30 years. They they say that it's a, um, you know, and, and right when you walk, right when I walked out, like right when I got up, that I got up from surgery. Mm. I was able to balance on one foot. Immediately, you know, there was like a difference. All, all was gone. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think there's still a little more coming back. They said there's a little time for everything to come back. Sure. And it takes a couple of months before it's all it's fused. But you know why it's important? Because you and I know, I mean, you know more than I do, but we both have a lot of friends that are athletes that have been in a combat sport. Right. Obviously, yeah. your sport, the biggest combat sport. But I'm talking hockey guys, NFL guys, too. Oh, yeah. Sure. You know what people don't see? What the post-career looks like. And when you're seeing these guys take these putting beatings on guys and taking beatings. One of the things I, you know, Chuck, I, as I've worked with more UFC guys and, and, or MMA folks and boxing guys on their mental game, I go to training. It's something a fan doesn't think about. I never thought about. We see the interaction, the combat that happens in the cage, oh, yeah. but, but they don't think about the combat that's been happening for months prior in training. So this is just one day of combat, right? So the amount of blows a guy like you was delivering and taking over the years 
I think your admiration for these athletes, everybody, if you knew what training looked like for them, oh, would you I, agree with that? I, like, I don't, I don't think, think it's a training, 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 training was the work. That was yeah. the hard part. Mm. The reward for me was the fight. That's a reward. I got to go out and fight. Yes, we're here, we're ready to go, and that, that's fun. And, and it, there's not a lot of damage that occurs in that short amount of time. Yeah. Think about it, you're out, I mean, we're working a couple times a day. Mm. You got guys rotating in on you, you're doing this, you're doing mm. that, you're getting injured. You're working through it. You're doing mm. all your things, and um, you know that would that's that's the hard part. The camp is the hard part. The camp's the hard part. And the camp is always the what, what makes it harder. Do you ever th- have you ever thought of take take your neck for example, right? Everyone, even if you see an NFL quarterback, like I've got real good friends, and they're done, like they don't walk like a normal person anymore, right? After those years of of sacrifice in any of these sports, these athletes have laid a lot of their body on the line. Have you ever thought in your life? How many punches you've absorbed to different parts of your body? It's literally, I mean, oh my God, what's the I, number? I couldn't tell you. I mean, that, and even as I played football in high school yeah. a year, at an end of year in college, and I mean, I, I got more stingers from football than I have in anything. You really? I, mean, I remember, you know. Really? You know, so there's what, a, lot, a lot of damage from, from even from that. So you're this, I'm curious about you. I'm gonna, we're going to go everywhere today. I'm fat. I've always, for years, I love the UFC. I love MMA in general but you particularly fascinate people. I think you're the most well-known, I think you and Conor McGregor are the two most well-known UFC fighters of all time. Um, it's not funny, funny thing is, I, you know, he, he told me when he met me that I, I'm the reason he got into MMA. Is that right? Yeah. I gotta think that's really common yeah, with he, guys. He took a picture of me, what's happened to me a few times, the guys there, when I took a picture of me um, when you're 16 years old, after a fight I had in, uh, no kidding. in Atlantic City. Yeah. And then you see them in the cage you see someday. A picture, yeah. And yeah. another guy, Pope, sent me a pic- sent me, I thought it was pretty cool, sent me a picture. He said, hey, man, you took this picture with me when I was a kid, and now I'm, my fight, I'm finally fighting in the UFC. That's yeah. amazing, bro. That's pretty awesome. That's, that's cool. What was it? So w- why people loved you, why I did, your, your, <laughs> your style was violent, right? There, there was, there, you were a fighter uh, and kind of known as like a blue-collar fighter right Right. so I would watch you as a guy who's not a fighter right and obviously there's all these physical gifts and all the training and tactics and strategies I'm curious a badass dude like you one of the I'm sitting next to one of arguably the toughest men on earth even though you don't feel that way but that's a fact were you scared before fights never I love fighting you know I I think as a kid I was given a gift from my grandfather I don't I wish I could remember how he taught me that and how I felt that way I've never been afraid of a man in my life. Because my thing was, it was always like, it's not, cause I had a friend of mine asked me, do you ever walk in a bar and look around and see who yeah. you could beat, who this and that? So why? I don't care if I could beat him. He commits a fighting offense, we fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I brought up, you know, if you do something, you do so, if you, you, step, you do something wrong to me or to my friends, we fighting. Mm-hmm. So I don't really care if you can beat me or not. You beat me up, you better beat me up good because we come back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again. There was something though when you were a little boy, I recall you telling a story once where your grandfather saw one of your buddies getting picked on or something. It was like, what are you going to do about this, right? Yeah, but he looked at it, he just went, looked at it, cool, all right, here we go. Even then, you weren't afraid of that guy. I mean, he was bigger than me and Mm. he knocked me down a few times, threw me me down, I I, I kept coming and got up and I outlasted him, so I, I, I beat him that way. Mm. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, I, I was never, I was, I, don't get me wrong too, I love, I love fighting. You I, do, I, I started you? doing martial arts and I, I begged my mom for a couple of years to get her, to let me do 
Koi Khan, Karate Do. I'm not, I didn't, that's not what I begged her to do. Actually, we, we kind of fell into doing that. Mm. I just begged her to do karate, and she finally said, okay, I'll, I'll take you to do karate. Mm. We actually went by, which is kind of funny, I ended up doing Kempo in the end. Yeah. But we went by Kempo school twice. Okay. During work, working hours, and it was closed. So we're like, ah, okay. And we were walking home. My mom saw a karate do- dojo, and it was, and oh, what's this one? So, so we no way. just wandered in, and it just, it was a. Why did you want to do that? Because there was no UFC. Oh, I used to watch Kung Fu Theater, and, and during the Kung Fu Theater, they, <laughs> really? no, they had, they'd have these little demonstrations. Okay. In the, in the thing, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, I'd see these guys doing all these crazy breaks, yeah. and I thought that was amazing. Mm. I want to be able to do that. And I like everybody else. I thought I was going to go to karate school. They're going to teach me some magic moves and I was going to beat everybody up. Right. I'd beat anybody up. I'd beat, I can defend anybody, do whatever I had to do. Yeah. And, um, and I went in there. And what happens a lot of times in our school is a lot of people, the first three to six months, you get, they get your green belt. Yep. And people come in there and they, they realize that there's no magic to it. Mm. It's a, just a lot of hard work to get better. Mm. If, you want, if you want to get better, you got to work hard. you got to get better, you got to learn. Mm. Um, and a lot of it, that's when most people quit. Mm. For me, I, I felt like I went in there and said, what do you mean? You mean, I figured out that, I mean, if I work harder than him, I can get better than him. Mm-hmm. If I outwork him, if I, if I do more than he does, if I, if I do this better than he does, mm. I can get better than him, I can get better than him. Mm. Oh man, this is great. Really? And I, I mean, I, and I, I tell you, I tell people, like, like they ask me about, like, like I was not a casual martial arts student. Like, I mean, I went, Five days, we were, they were open five days a week. Mm. I went five days a week. Mm. During wrestling season, I went five days a week. I went mm. after, after, no one goes to, to another yeah. conditioning class and mm. thing after wrestling And yeah, you did. I used to. After I, we go after football, I go, I go, mm. after we play football, I go, I go, go to karate. You right. right. And then, and then, on, and then there's that other thing too, the good, you know, me, I was a little bit different, like I, I, one of the good things I did when I was doing that, because it was a hard style karate, and they, yeah. it's a great school. You know, they had, they had about 30, 40, like, blue-collar, just mm. tough guys, roughnecks. Yeah. They like to spar a lot. Yeah. Because we, and we, our dojo and our style was the best one in full contact. Okay. We, we put headgear on. We, we, the yeah. best, we were the best gym in full contact. Mm. Point, point sparring, actually, I, I wanted it for them a couple of times, but point sparring, we were just okay. Yeah. But, but full contact, we were the best. Mm-hmm. And, and I had all these meatheads that liked to fight. But I just sit there and train with them. You know, and I was 15 years old fighting men. Like, fighting was, men? Yeah. Oh, it was one of the times I was so funny. I was in there and this guy goes, man, you're always here. Do you need a job? I said, um, well, you know, um, I, well, I'm in summer, but I'm in, I'm in, I'm in high school. He's all, wait, wait, wait. Go, how old are you? That's incredible. He goes, how old are you? I'm, I'm 15. Oh man, I got a fifteen-year-old kicking my ass. No way! Come on. But I, I and I loved it. I was, you know. I think, there's a, I think there's a business lesson in that. One, obviously, the outwork everybody thing is obviously yeah. a oh. monster lesson for business. But the other part of it is putting yourself in competition levels that are maybe past what most people think are normal. Right. For a fifteen-year-old boy to be fighting grown men and kicking their ass is freaking well, unreal. Yeah. Do you think that I want to ask you about you, like? I wish I had nine hours with you, man, because I'm so, first off, that thing you said, because I'm, you people meet, I'm a pretty big dude too, right? Yeah. And, but I've, I know what it's like to be afraid when a fight started. I've been in a fight, I've won it or lost it, but I've been afraid. You saying that you've not had a fear of another man is like, I'm, we're wired a little different, right? right? Which I love. I also feel like the guys I know that are the best fighters, and this is a, there's a business principle in this too. Everyone knows you had some kind of electricity in these 
hands of yours that yeah. were special, right? I mean, you yeah. would hit people and they would just collapse often, right? I mean, is right. It, there's yeah, something... I had heavy hands. Like, you had heavy hands. Heavy hands yeah. that's, you're gifted with that, correct? I mean, I know there's that's, technique. That's gifted. There's, I mean, there's some things, and John Hackman helped me uh, mm -hmm. harvest it. And, Who was and your trainer? My trainer yeah. Yeah. helped me harvest it and, and, and get it the right way, but it, it, it's a gift. There's a gift there, there's to have these heavy it. electric hands. Yeah. Golovkin has it in boxing, right? He hits dudes and they just fall. Tyson had it in boxing too. You had it, and I mean, you know, it was just remarkable to watch you hit people and things that would happen to their bodies that they couldn't control, right? right. But the thing that I think people, because I think that's happened in business too, they're like, wow, this person's just, they're electric in their energy, they're electric in their mind. And yeah, you could look at those things and say, that's what makes them special in business. But what I think makes a fighter different is they don't mind getting hit. It's not just their ability to hit. They don't mind getting, you, if you don't fight, because I've been in there with guys now, like the difference of absorbing a blow and coming back and hitting another man as if it didn't hit you. Like you don't mind getting, and that's the separator in business. In businesses, a lot of people have that extraordinary talent. How good are you at taking hits, right? Uh, so talk about that thing with you or yeah, other great fighters. And, that, and that's, that's the thing, I mean, I see it right away. If, I see, if you're afraid to get hit, mm. if, you're, if you're overly like doing this, oh. Mm. You would know I'm, that. I'm, I, I can see it, and I, I'm like, "Oh man, this is gonna be easy." Because mm. I, I know where you're gonna. I know. I know how to fake. I can throw fakes to do things, mm. make things. You're, you're really jumpy. You're, mm. you get, you're making it real easy to hit you. And you did you know, not mind that. No, I didn't. Uh, I, I, I didn't want to get hit. Sure. I, was hit. I, got, I didn't. But, but, it's part of the game. If I, if I, if I'm, if I mess up, I get hit. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I, when I get hit, yeah, that, that fire back. It's like. Oh, you hit me? Okay, now here we go. I'm gonna get you. Mm. You know, it's not like it's a different fire. The fire back for me is like, oh man, let's go. It's not right. like oh, oh, I just got hit. It's mm. like, oh, oh, you hit me? I'm mad you. I'm mad you hit me. I messed up. Damn it! I'm gonna mm. get you. Mm. Would you ever be in and even in big fights at the top levels? Like, there's this unbelievable guys. I tell you something. I've watched a lot of sports documentaries. There's this thirty for thirty out right now about you, kind of Dana White and Tito Ortiz. Guys, it's is so good and, you, and you're unbelievable in it but they kind of allude to this at least in your perception did you know they kind of allude and i don't mean this disrespectfully to tito but they kind of allude to the fact that he didn't want to fight you he had sparred well, with you take them through if you don't mind for a minute and then your opinion about it now that you're not on the 30 for 30. we trained together all right we trained together a few you times and tito. here that me and tito trained together a few times we did some stuff Stuff together. And you're both managed by Dana and, White. And we're both managed by Dana White. Right. And, and I actually became friends with some of the guys that trained with him and friends mm -hmm. of his. And I didn't dislike the guy. Mm -hmm. I was, we were cool. I was, I was cool with him. I'd be, say hi to him when I saw him. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, when, when, when it came time around time where we were starting to get to the point where he's gonna have to fight me, all of a sudden it turned into we're two good friends to fight. Right. And I'm like going, when did that happen? But that happened, if you talk about, there was a sparring session Oh no, well, no, that was before that even. Like, okay, I, even every, prior to that. Every sparring session we've ever had. You dominated like, I went down. I went down there one time. We were supposed to work out for two days. First, I went the first striking thing. I dropped him the body shot. You dropped him. Yeah, I dropped him and it goes down. And, and then I beat him up the rest of the time. Hmm. And then later that night, we come out, we do wrestling, just straight wrestling. Hmm. And I beat him. I beat him down four times. He didn't take me down at all. And then and then we went went to his house. He's like, and he was frustrated. Like, Man. Hmm. And then he goes, I got you. I, figure it out, I know what I'm gonna do. You, I was just coming too hard, you played again. Okay, mm. I got you. So he switched up his thing, was backing up a little more, doing that stuff. So I started being aggressive, taking him down. Mm. So I took him down four times. He took me down once at the end, but I wasn't, I didn't, I was like, look, my foot's on the, on the, on the, 
some vent over here and and the time just ran out. But if you want to call, I'd say down, take it. So there was a domination happening. But, but the, and then whenever we did, did like groundwork, like we started top bottom, say mm. in a five minute round, I'd probably get up ten times. You guys know, he couldn't he couldn't keep me down from top. So here, put this in your head for him. Mm. Every time we train together, every time this is every time we train, every time we sparred. Um, even when we were on Vegas, I was out helping him out for Yuki Kondo. Mm. And I came in and I fought Southpaw. Okay. Sparring Southpaw with him. Mm. After about three rounds, he's supposed to do six with me. Mm. He was here, so I'm out of here. Really? Okay, whatever. Mm. And, then we, and then we went and wrestled, and I was out. I was, you know, I was out there, and I took him down eight times, one, one, one right after that, because he's already hot. I took him down <laughs> eight times to one. I think the last takedown. I gave it to him because I was like, he got in my leg and I was tired. We had gone out the night before. He was training for a fight. Um, and uh, so I'm like, whatever. But, but these are all the interactions we had fighting. Mm -hmm. like, okay, uh, think about it. I'll list it off for you. Okay. He, if we can't, he's never taken me down when, when I was striking. Yeah. Couldn't take me down at all. And every time we practiced ever. Mm. Um, we got what, maybe one, maybe two takedowns. On. Mm. I, I beat him in a straight wrestling match. Straight it. up. And that's Straight his forte. That's and, his and, thing. And it's just styles make, make matches, wrestling sure. matches like anything else. Mm -hmm. And he's a perfect style for me. He tries to bully and muscle you. And I, he ain't doing that to me. I'm, I'm really good with people like that. Mm. So so he, he can't be me in a straight wrestling match. In jiu-jitsu, he probably has better submissions than I do mm. on other people. But like, he's not going to submit me. And he can't, can't keep me down. Mm. Like If I get down, his whole thing is that even if he takes me down, mm. he knows he can't keep me there. He knows I'll be up in 20 seconds. So he's like, I mean, he's not, he's not gonna, there's nothing he can do to me. Mm. So, and, and, he, and he really, he got, he's gotten better with it over the years. Mm -hmm. But he, at that, that time, he still did not like to get hit. Mm -hmm. Like in, a, in enough of a way where he was a little, you little gun shy. Yeah. But he also, he knew how hard I hit too. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like. You're on a normal hitter. Right, yeah, right. I, I hit really hard, so mm -hmm. it's not, not exactly. Uh, right, it's not pleasant, pleasant. for anybody. So, yeah, so. <laughs> But like, so he knows all that. So, but when it came down, like, you know, the fight before when I fought Vitor and he jumped in the ring, he's mm -hmm. all ready to. Yeah. Kick, when it was time for us to go, he's all ready to kick my butt. Right? Yeah, right. And then, he, then when it comes out, he's like, oh, I think we're gonna make more money and be over friendship. And, mm -hmm. and like I even said it now in some interviews, like he's sitting there, he's like, well, I was trying to hold out for more money for both of us. Mm -hmm. Well, where was my phone call? To say if you if you wanted if you wanted to hold out for both of us to make money, mm. you call me. You tell me, hey Chuck, let's hold out. Let's, we can get paid better. Mm -hmm. It'd be a lot better for me. You know, mm. I'm like, I didn't get that call. Mm. So he's like, well, and he actually is Well, I guess I should have called you. But mm. I'm all, I will tell you, there's. I'd be hard pressed to remember one time he called me mm. for something that did not include business. He called me outside of so, and usually someone else set me up to come spar with him anyway. Okay. And um, so the relationship was overcooked. Oh, yeah, way overcooked. Way overcooked. Like it was it was cooked by him mm -hmm. because he needed to manufacture a reason why he wasn't fighting he you. He wasn't going to fight me. Right, I get it. But okay. I, I mean, and then I think when he finally did fight me, he thought because I lost to Randy, yeah, that I'd slipped because he hadn't wrestled. He, he had trained mm -hmm. me in a couple of years. He thought, well, maybe he's going downhill. Mm -hmm. I get, maybe I can beat him now, and I don't really have another choice. So. This is a good time for. So it. when you're in your prime, because by the way, everybody, the story, the UFC that you now watch, really to some extent, that was built during this era of sort of Tito and you, and uh, and also to some extent, you know, Randy Couture was floating around there, and he had that win against you. But what 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 struck me that was so fascinating is that you end up becoming the big star 
but for a while they were trying to really elevate Tito because they thought he had more star power and you were kind of this like... Well, his management and them were telling him if, if Chuck becomes champion, you're going to kill, kill the sport. Because you were what, cause you were such a nice guy and a working yeah, man type yeah, of fighter? Yeah, I, I wasn't. I didn't, have the, I didn't have a personality. That's so amazing. I'm like, really? <laughs> well, here's the thing though too, like, like you want to see... your like, style Dana, was so attractive. Dana was complaining to me about my interviews. Mm. Now, we've got to remember back then, these interviewers didn't know and they didn't know what MMA was. They right. had no idea what to ask you. Mm. They they don't even look at their one sheet, so they don't mm. even know who you are. Mm. Barely, you know. So, you know, I I'd go in there and they'd ask dumb questions, and I mm. uh, yeah, I guess, or mm. they ask and answer, and they mm. do all these crazy stuff. So, and Dana's like, man, you got to get better, but he wasn't telling me how. how? Like, I'd be like, hey, you can't just tell someone like me telling you, like, hey, okay. your punch sucks, get better. Wow. Can, can, can right. you tell me how to do it? Thank you. <laughs> right. Give me a few tips, maybe. Right. Um, right. So actually, my um, manager at the time, his sister was a drama teacher, or had a drama degree, and no she, she 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 offered to do like mm-hmm. a, like an interview course, like with me. Like so, I did like you a did couple practices. I did two two practices with her, and and you know, and I, and I learned. She said, you know, right away, like we come in and the first day, and then she goes through and she had me write down mm. the ten most common questions I got. Asked. She crossed the line. You've been. You're getting asked three questions, basically. That was it. Okay. And all these people don't want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, she said, "You, you. Re, I, I know you're laid back and this and that, but you're you're at a two. I need you at an eight. Okay. You, you're gonna need. And you feel like you're yelling at this interviewer okay. to make it sound right. And and, and she said, and now what? You, what I'm have you. The best advice she gave me was, I take the first question they asked. I don't care what it is. Um, answer yes or no to it, and then talk for about a minute about what you want to talk about. Say say everything you want to get out. Mm. That basically, you make, make, do a do one minute thing about everything you want to get out, and if they they're good at all at what they do, mm. they will eat, pick and choose out of that Some what to make it good, and then and then you make you make them look good. Yeah, like you make them look good, mm. you look good, mm. and they want you back again. Mm. At win-win everybody, mm-hmm. and that was probably the best advice, advice I ever got back then. Because because we we did go to a lot of places where these guys had no idea. No what idea. Talking. You know, like but you see, are you, are you a WWE? Is it like WWE? Right. No. Oh, right. We're not wrestlers. You. It seems to me like you loved fighting so damn much. All these other things were like sort of a nuisance. Like even the business part of it, the yeah, all that other I stuff. I wish I had paid a little more attention to some of those now, things yeah. now. Um, but yeah, I mean, they. I really liked. Just being a fighter. I want to talk about the fighting thing for a minute. I feel like when a guy loves to fight like that, maybe you disagree with me. Maybe you're born with that, but other part of it is like there's something in their life they're fighting. If I'm being real. And I, I look at like, I was studying your story. I have to think that your upbringing to some extent, like did not having your dad around make an impact you on know, you? I, I no, really, I really don't think so. Like, because the... the the hard thing to explain to people is I love the fight, but I'm not I'm not a violent person. Yeah, and you're not at all. Like you're a very to, kind guy. I don't like to hurt people. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. We're you, you come out there, we're fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. But as soon as things over, I hope you're all right. Yeah. I can see that on you. But yeah. but I mean, so I, I really don't think I think I was a little different. Like people try to talk about, oh, you know, yeah, I probably was a little bitter in my when my mm-hmm. dad left and never tried to come back. Mm-hmm. Right. But I didn't really miss a dad. Because I moved in with my grandfather when we were eight, mm. and my grandfather was my dad, and you know I was actually blessed with that because 
he was obviously a, a lot better a role model than your dad. My father. Your dad so, actually did he not shoot at your mom or something? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. When she he got rid of our he got rid of our Great Dane because our our, our Great Dane wouldn't let him hit us. Now remember, I was under three at the time. Mm. He was beating us, and the, the Great Dane attacked him. So he got rid of our Great Dane. Mm. But um, crazy. Yeah, Great Dane was cool. Is but, he um, your grandfather? Is he passed away? Yeah, he passed away. Did he live long enough to know what you became? No. And you know that, that you, you hit him that that was that was probably my my people ask me, have you got any regrets? And and I, and I don't. I I, I got to I got to be here when I was through the upbringing of the sport and and be there for like all these. It was a great ride. Like there was a mm. great stories, lots of fun. We had a lot yeah. a lot of crazy times. But the one thing I, I was sad about my grandpa never made it because my grandpa, when I was a kid, 19 years old. Hey, you know that Mike Tyson guy? Mm. I know you can beat him. I know you can. I'm like, yeah, pops, whatever, man. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> cool. Which to me, it's funny nowadays. It would be nice to ever have him see that that's a serious question. Yeah. He'd win in a fight, you and Mike. Mm. You know, I, I'm like, and I, I make it real simple. Mm-hmm. Boxing, um, Mike, MMA, me. You. He's got, MMA, he's got one shot on the way in. Yeah. Once I get in, it's over. But overall, let's, let's stay there for a second. You and Mike Tyson, you're a light heavyweight, so he's a little heavier than you, but he was a small heavyweight by today's yeah, standards, yeah, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. So maybe even walking around, you might weigh as much as him walking yeah, around. You probably walked around about the same weight, we're in shape. What's the real answer? What if you just met in an alley somewhere and it was you and Mike Tyson? Street fight, I win. You win. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got a puncher chance. I mean, he's got a chance to catch me coming in, but other than that, it's, it's over. <laughs> That's an awesome thing to hear. But, but you know, but, um, you know, that, that, you know, the fact that my grandfather never got to saw that, if I yeah. had a regret, was that because he, I mean, I, he's a big reason why yeah. I, I made it. Because, I mean, I, he always believed in me. You can do anything you want. Mm. You do anything, you, you work hard enough at it, you can do anything you want. Well, you can't quit. I mean, half the time, half the time I, I wouldn't, I can't, I couldn't quit. I tell people, I don't know how to quit, number one. Number two, my grandfather rolled in his grave right there. So, really? I mean, I. Would you I, ever think that way? Honestly, you, you, you. Would he stay on your mind even after you passed away? If you were training or you were in a, you're oh, yeah. going into oh, a, the, oh yeah, the fight? yeah, it's always been on my mind. Really? Yeah, I, I mean, he, he he taught me to he taught me to fight. You know, he mm. he taught me to be tough. You know, that's wonderful, and, man. Even my 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 mom was my mom too. My mom's a tough lady, man. She she was my uh, grandfather's daughter, so she was mm. she's a tough lady too. So, mm. they, how many brothers you have? Uh, I have two brothers and a sister. And did the brothers also? He taught them to fight too, right? Yeah, yeah. And they, but they, they just um, didn't take it serious. Mm-hmm. They don't, they, I, I fell in love with with martial arts and fighting, mm. and I, I just, I loved it. Like I just couldn't get enough of it. Let's talk about your career for a minute. Um, you're so dominant for so long, right? And so, do you? What sticks with you more? The big wins, or? Uh, say the Couture loss, for example. Like, and you're now, and you reflect. Well, like, what do you? The big, the biggest thing about that loss was wasn't the biggest thing that crushed me about that loss was I let Tito off the hook because he wouldn't fight me. Yeah. And beating Randy there was kind of forcing him to fight me. Were you were you looking past him at all? No, actually. What, here's what happened. Look, I to me is the way I feel what happened. Randy's a tough guy. Number mm-hmm. one. Number two, I was I was training for the fight. I tore my MCL about eight weeks out. Oh. And, and I, I modified my training not to hurt it, not to continue to hurt it, and I got it to heal. It was 100% for the fight. I was 100%. Good. But I hadn't been wrestling. Mm. And I 
got a little overconfident. Thought, it's oh, a I great wrestler. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I, I don't have. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'll be a. I'll be okay. I'm, uh, but you know, and by I watched what I find. I didn't watch the fight again because I was so upset about it. Really. Right. And so, I was gonna fight Randy. Mm. So I sat down to watch the fight, first fight, and about three and a half minutes into the first round, I went, "I got this. It, it's over. I had no problem. I got him. Don't worry about it, guys. I'm mm. good." Because I, I looked at it, I was flat-footed, I was slow reactions, really? everything was just off. I'm like, oh, that's what happened. Mm. I got this. I got you. We got this, guys. Let's go. Mm. Let's go. Let's do this camp. Mm. And then you, and then you I came out and knocked out the first round. You did. And you beat, in your prime, you beat Tito twice, correct? Tri- yes. Yeah, you beat him twice. So the, the things that you said uh, applied before. All right, I got a weird question for you, and it's a hard one for you to answer. So this will be the hardest one. I've watched in fighting, you were so dominant. Is there some truth to this? And then this is a hard for you, maybe a hard question, but I watched this happen to Roy Jones. He had one knockout where he was violently knocked out. And it seemed to me, I wonder if you'll talk about this. It seemed to me, and I've seen this with some other guys too, uh, Amir Khan in boxing too. Their chin seems different after that one time. You know, Did that, I, do you I, feel I, like in your case, because you just obliterated people forever. Yeah, I, you know, I, I really, I talk to different people and one of the reasons I, I ret- decided to retire in the first place, way back, mm-hmm. was the fact that a lot of people that gave me reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Different different this ideas here. and different theories mm-hmm. for why, mm-hmm. you know, it happens. Yep. Um, and then, uh, but then they couldn't give me a way to change it. So that yeah, was, how do you fix it? You know, how do you fix it? And like, one of them was, uh, you know, uh, one of them actually, I was kind of kind of interesting seeing kind of, I don't know if it's if it really works, but mm-hmm. they said, you know, I think your mind's really smart. Yes. Right? So if it figures out that when you get hit, yes. you, you know, your fight or flight response yes. has, it usually has to be, ah, I gotta go, I gotta, I gotta yes. survive, I gotta survive, I gotta survive. Yes. But it figures out that, hey, if I just shut down, nothing happens to me. You got it. If I just shut down, yes. you know, it stops, I stop getting hurt. Yes. So in the in, in your mind, the mind is trained the body it, to do it that. Trains it, yes. It's like oh, you're starting to get hurt in the head. Instead of instead of having that, ah, I'm coming out to a fight. Yes. Your mind brings us. Oh, let's let's curl, let's, let's let's curl up and. Oh, I think that's true. You know, and, I, and I, that there's if there's some truth to that. I because mean, there know, were because guys, what I'm talking about. And this is an interesting thing because this is about the baddest ass dude on the planet, right? He's obliterating people. It becomes an event where you take that one shot. Because it's going to happen to you in life and in business too. I believe what you said is right. I believe the mind trains the body now like, hey, this shutdown thing protects us. And even though you're a badass still, that same blows delivered that didn't do that to you before. There's this involuntary thing that happens now. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I, I, I think it makes it makes a lot of sense to me. I think so too. And that, that, I don't want to believe it because I don't want I don't know how to change it. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a way to think, change it. I, yeah, and, and that's the thing. It, I think that, when you're aware of it, there's a way to change it. I think this is a really powerful thing because in life and in business, and for you the next 50 years, there have been things that have happened to you in your life that prior didn't make the impact on you. And this, there's a traumatic event that happens. You need to be guard, guarding what you just said. And that is that now you've trained yourself how to respond to that event in a way that doesn't serve you. This is a huge thing, everybody, because... You could be winning, 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 winning in business and in life, or in a relationship, or in a sport, and then there's that event, and there that that traumatic event can flip the way you react to the same exact event when it happens to you again. Right. And like, 
you know, when I when I was when I was winning, when I was you know, mm. and even for me, the hardest part about retiring was I was winning fights until I got caught. There you go. You know, but but the, but the the thing is that before, I mean, when I was coming up, beating everybody, I mean, mm. you could hit me in the head with a brick. I know, and yeah. I was still coming. Mm -hmm. And and I didn't put my hands out. People, why do you keep your hands on that? I want to exchange with you. Yeah. I'll trade. Yeah, I'll trade. Hey, let's go one for one. Right. I'm good. Yes. Uh, let's go two for one. I think I'm going to beat you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like I thought, you, you, you let me hit. If, if I get mm -hmm. you, can bite, bait you in to hit me, mm -hmm. I can hit you, and you're mm -hmm. going to hurt more than I do. Mm -hmm. So, um, and yeah. And there's that event. Oh, who hit you the first time like that where you're like, oh, that's it. Was it Rampage? Ram Rampage. Rampage in that fight, right? Like, I, I just think that that's something to advise. It's not a fun thing to talk about as an athlete, but it's something that I really wanted to ask you about. Um, yeah. And that and that one and that fight, and I don't know if that was the cause of that mm -hmm. happening, but like in the I, I I was in the back room running back and forth, and I slid on ice, and hit my head in the back. I hit the back of my head. I, I woke up looking at the ceiling. Are you kidding me? Right, right before that fight. Yeah. And you wonder room. whether that might have been. Well, it might have might have affected the beginning hit, but. Bro, but he, I mean, he caught me with a clean shot though too. That was. That yeah, but was you, but you also, but your style was you caught clean shots. Yeah. Right? Are you yeah, serious? Have you yeah. ever told that to anybody before? Uh, no, I really, I, I really never talked about it much. I, I, I've talked about it to friends, but I mean, it's yeah. like um, they're probably connected, brother. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably, that probably had something to do with it. But I respect. So I want to talk about now that um, talk about something about you coming back. And there was criticism when you came back, right, to fight Tito Dallas. I'm like, why is he coming back? He hasn't fought in forever. And uh, but I want to say something to you about that, and then I'd like your answer to it too. I. Um, I think there's a there's something really powerful you did there. That was one of the best things you ever did as a fighter, ironically, and you, and that is that you live life on your own freaking terms. Other people don't dictate to you when something's over or when you get to give it your best shot or right. when you should do something. And so, I don't know. In hindsight, do you wish you didn't come back for that last fight, or is there a party like at least now I know? Or you know, in hindsight, I, I wish I'd noticed the problem I had with my neck. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I I look back now and I. I could have been, could have been really been something back too. It messed with the balance and coordination. So mm -hmm. I, I go out there and fight. I went back a little. Even on the show, they show the fight. I, I tripped over the blue line in the center of that ring. Is that right? You know, it's like it's trip. I mean, I, it's like well, I didn't know, but I didn't. You know, we're so tough. We just ah, uh, that's it's just mm -hmm. something else. I mm -hmm. on my little walk balance. I'm just tired. It's mm -hmm. like there's, there's no other. Reason. It can't be something bad. I'm not. I can't be broken. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you, you can't. So. Oh, I, I wish I'd known that beforehand, yeah. but uh, you know, it's not it's not anybody's fault. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I cheated my throat through the neuro because I couldn't balance on one foot. Really? I, I, I kept my eyes open, but you know, it's, I just thought I was tired again. I just looking back at it, yeah, I'm like oh, just tired. Okay, do I you was, miss fighting? I was tired. Right Always, now. I love fighting. You love fighting, yeah. I love doing it. I love the, I love the competition. I love training. I love getting ready, hanging out with the guys. Mm -hmm. I like uh, doing. I do everything, and I love fighting. So yeah. you're in the middle of this, and so you don't know the complete answer. This is what we were talking about it off camera, but so people that watch this show, I'm probably 20% are UFC fans. The rest of them are like, this is a really interesting, badass dude, right? And I'm learning a lot of lessons from him. But you're at the transition point of your life. You're 50 years old. Yeah. Got some scars to show the wars you've been through. Right? I mean, I, I'm getting off cheap, I think. For what I what I put my body through, I'm getting off cheap. Do you feel that way? Yeah. I do. I do feel that way. And I deal with this with a lot of former athletes, but so there's a lot of people watch this like, I just had a relationship end, or I just had my business end. And oftentimes, or I just had my career end. And oftentimes, this is really true of an athlete, our identity is tied up in what we do. 
You know what I mean? Like that's who you are because you get all this recognition, accolades, money. All you've done since you were a little boy, for the most part, is this. I wonder if, as you're doing it, what are you learning about finding that next thing you're passionate about? You know, that process, like, what do you think is the journey to doing it as you're seeking it right now? Because they're all wondering that well, too, many you know, of it, it, them. The, the thing is, it's hard to explain to people, like, like you think, oh, yeah, I don't have success, and you did everything. I mean, I did everything I wanted to in sport. I did everything. Mm. You know, I have a great family, I'm doing all that stuff. Like, when you retire from, I've been competing for 30 years. You know, like doing football, or I had a football game coming up, wrestling. Mm. All of a sudden, you take the brakes off. I don't have to worry about anything. Mm. Right? And I don't have, I don't have that driving force. I always have that driving force right here. Mm -hmm. I got to be the best. I got to get, I got to get, I got to get work. I gotta, this, mm. this controls all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, everyone knows I'm a wild guy. I like to have fun. But, sure. But I was tempered and, and controlled by by this. Yeah. Because having fun did not trump winning. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's it's one of those things. It's like all of a sudden that's taken away, and it's like, wait, I, I got so many things I can do, mm -hmm. but which one do I do? Mm -hmm. And I keep going a little bit this way, a little bit that way, and you mm -hmm. don't really get. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you get lost. People get lost. Yes. I, I, I don't know how many athletes come up to me and talk about it. All like, the time. Man, it's the number one thing, don't you think, like, post-career? Yeah, it's, it's like because you're so young. Mm -hmm. That's right. You had this this high high. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, sometimes it's, it's hard to figure out how do you re-channel that. You got it. And, and, and that's something I'm dealing with now. Like, I'm trying cool. to figure out what. But I think I finally kind of got to the point, and it's been quite a few years since I really mm -hmm. retired. And uh, I finally got to the point where I'm like, I'm talking about, I mean, I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine was suggesting me doing public speaking and doing yes. more of that. And for me, that's somewhere I can think I can change people because I think there's a lot of things going on nowadays that, you know, I would like to influence people in a good way. Yeah. You know, and... Um, I think you can. You know, and you know, I'm still doing, you know, I do movies and stuff. And you got a lot of stuff going on. I do a lot of stuff going on to, to, to keep my name relevant, keep me relevant, mm -hmm. keep, keep stuff out there. Mm -hmm so that I can do some of these other things. Yeah. Can I give you, you a know. suggestion on that? Because you gave a little bit of the formula. First off, those of you that want to have Chuck come speak, you can obviously, we're going to get you to his social media in a minute. You can DM and get together. He'll give you contact info also through me as well. Um, but we all have like a recipe. So not everyone's is the same thing. But for an athlete, and you use the word compete. So if for like your relationship ended and it was something that gave you connection, that's to be the word, or the business gave you significance. The next thing you find, that's part of the recipe. So the next, you have to find something that gives you connection. Even so, you have to give, get something that finds you significance. You need your thing is competing. You're wired to compete. I have a good friend of mine, Zach Johnson. He's a PGA golfer. He's one of the Masters. He won the British Open. That's awesome. And I said, Hey, man, do you love golf? When I interviewed him, he goes, I don't know if I love golf. I don't love the grind. I don't love the Tuesdays as much anymore. But I love to compete because that's what I'm best at winning at. And I think the formula post whatever it is, is ask yourself what you loved about it. Like, did you love getting hit? Did you love hitting people? Yeah. Did I love fighting? Yeah. But you said the word. For you, that word's compete. You gotta find something you can compete oh. at again, whether yeah, that's I, public I think speaking. You're, I, you know, don't be honest, I think you're right. Cause I, yeah. I always talk about, um, I, I was about a, right, right, in middle school, so I was about a 3-0 student, right? Pretty good. And I got there and I got a 3-0 my first yeah. But then they made me go into gate, the, the gate classes oh, really? because I, I scored good in math and mm -hmm. I was doing high math. So they made me do gate classes. And the first test came out and so, uh, I saw a guy, hey, what'd you get? Oh man, I got you up to better than you know, yeah. 
wait, whoa, 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 wait, you did what? Mm -hmm. You're better than me? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 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 mm -hmm. no. I was a 4042 student after that. No, yeah, because I, I, okay, no, no, when I, that's not okay. Now, mm -hmm. now I gotta really gotta work. See, yeah. see my friends that are athletes, I don't care who they are, you take, and I want to name drop, so I'll just say my friends. They're the most competitive people I've ever met. They're oh, different. Yeah. Like they want to beat you at ping pong. They want to beat you at how much tequila they could drink. They want to beat you. Is that not true for you? Right? Like well, I, I've actually, as I've gotten older, I've actually got good at not being that way. I was when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I pushed my mom down the stairs to beat her, beat her in a race. You know? like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, you know, right. But not, not really. But okay. I know you what know, you mean. You know what I mean? But I, I was. I mean, that competitor, like I, yeah. I needed to win everything. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a healthy thing channeled correctly. So I think competing to be, because you are, one of the things I admire about you, the more I'm getting to know you, is the kind of dad you are. Like the day after he has this neck fusion, tell him where you went. I went to a soccer tournament. My daughter was playing, she's awesome. Because you love her. So I think, I'm just giving you my, everyone listening to this, we're going to inside thing here. Whatever you're going to do, you need to be competing at it. It's, it's part of this DNA of this dude who was raised by his granddad and the fighting thing was a way you competed and you got to find the business, the, the life thing you're competing at again. Because here I am, I'm almost 50 years old too, right? And all my different businesses have you know, generated something. I'm still freaking competing, man. I want the best podcast. I want the best relationship. I want the best fitness. I, my, if you take competition out of my life, um, I'm useless. To be honest with you, I'm just wandering through life trying to find, here's, what, here's what's going to happen something to interest me. I don't need shit I'm interested in. I need shit I can compete at, okay? And that's who you are, right? right? And, you're, and even as I say it to you, I see that in you. I see it changing you. You gotta compete at being a dad. You gotta compete in these businesses. You gotta compete at public speaking and compete at whatever the thing is. And for those of you that that's not your thing, it's connection or significance or contribution, the next thing has to have that. If you remove that, you used fighting to compete. Okay. Some of you used a relationship to get connection. You used a business to get significance. You used your business to contribute. It's not the thing you were doing. It's the feeling it gave you. And so what, where we start to feel like, Hey, I'm not what I was is I don't get the same feeling. So we got to find something you compete at. And that's the, that's where you're you know, going. I, I agree with you. Cause I, I talked to a lot of people about doing something. I mm -hmm. had thought about that with my friend that just sold his business, mm -hmm. you know, and, he, and he's, and that was his thing. He was competing in his business. Yes. Like he liked, he liked to go take, get, Oh, I got that deal from them. Yeah. I, I was the one that walked in there and took that and I did right. that. Right. And that, and now he did real good, sold for a lot mm -hmm. did, did good. Everything's good. But he's mm -hmm. like, We've been, you know, been about a month. He's like, Start twiddling oh, her fingers. You got it. I got I need something. I gotta yeah. do something. Yes. I can see it. Yeah. Like, wow. take, take, so you, those of you that have former athletes in your life, I promise you one of their buttons is competing. And then I got to add, and by the way, take Dana White. Is that a competitive dude? Yeah. Yeah. It's a competitive dude. Right. And so he's, he could have left after they collected their checks on selling the UFC, right? I so, suppose yeah, he could have. I don't know, but I'm, I'm I, sure. I, I'm assuming he probably they could have. They might have made him stay for a little bit. Yeah. Because sometimes when you're doing sell, you, they, you, you keep, keep, the, you keep somebody, the leader. Somebody to transition you. Keep the, you. you keep the visionary. But I'm sure it's past that. What advice would you give? You grew up, you know, a certain way. There's a lot of kids who look up to you. We we're talking about this off. He does a lot of, by the way, he's very generous. You're going to come hire him to do paid speaking, but this guy will come. He loves to help kids. Yeah, right. So a lot of these people that are listening to this are either kids watching this or they have kids watching this. 
And what advice would you give to a young person right now? Is like, hey man, I, I want to do some. I want to win in my life too, like you've won in your life. What advice would you give to a kid? Maybe they're not in the perfect family situation. You know, well the thing is, it's, you need to find you need to find something you really love to do. You need to find something you like, and find find someone someone to help you with it. Yeah, you know, there's people out there. You got to find someone. You know, there's, there's good guys. There's good people out there that, are, that will help you. You know, get to your goal. Mm-hmm. But you, you just got to find them. I mean, it's not, and that's the hard thing for a lot of these guys. It's hard to find them. It's hard to hard to get to somewhere. And mm-hmm. that's why uh, you know, there's a, there's a there's a lot of organizations out there now trying to help out, but find, mm-hmm. find it, giving some mentoring to these kids and having mm-hmm. them idea what, you know what to do you had that right you had that with your grandfather but also your trainer he was one of those guys for you wasn't he yeah my trainer trying to help me out a lot too you because he's humble if you go ask his trainer and people who watched you when you were a young man let me tell you how you identify yourself as a young person of someone worthy of investing that time in you freaking outworked everybody in camp, didn't you? Like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I was always a hard worker. You, I, I, I always got the coaches award. I was a kid that like I was always a guy. I got, I got the coaches award probably every every season I played everywhere. I, I was always the hardest worker. I was, I was always outworking everybody in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I, that's the, that's what I knew. That's I knew I got to work harder. I need to beat you. Yeah. I want to beat you. I got to work harder. Yeah, I think Chuck. I think like really people that really achieve a high level. I think they take for granted the things they do well, and there's a little part of them like, well, everybody could do that. But that, that is what separated you. Like, I think when people see all these knockouts, all these wins, all these electric moments in your career, they need to link it back to this dude who was at jujitsu with all these other guys and outworking every, and by the way, in a sport where most people work pretty damn hard too, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And outworking the other guys. I'm supposed to ask you this because I, I wanted to. What's the tattoo on your head oh it, um it says koi Khan, my original karate style it was actually um when i started doing kickboxing they were stripping me of my black belt and um because there's old school like you can't bastardize our kind of thing oh. um which actually i started when i was like when i was a kid and when I was, I, you know i don't follow rules very well when you're 16. right so on friday nights i i used to go to a kung fu school in Santa Barbara, I go. I go to the, the Kung Fu school that had open sparring nights. And the guys were kickboxers, boxers, Taekwondo guys. And the first couple of times I went there, I, I said, I gotta keep coming back because yeah. these guys they do stuff different. They're not doing the same. Cause I'm finding a bunch of guys that all train to fight the same way. Mm. You go in there and they and our way worked really good. But, but when you see something crazy coming at you, it's like the first time. Yeah, it's, it's a little weird. Sure, so I imagine. Yeah, I, I, so it was great. I had to go down there. Corrupt you well, for we UFC. Weren't, we weren't we weren't supposed to. Uh, we got in trouble. They found out. But I, I went down there every week. Every week, every Friday, I go down. But mm. it, it's it's yeah. It's one of those things. Just uh, you gotta use that. To, mm. I, 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 you know, you got Koikon. They stood me up my back with a bash right now, right? So yeah. And this to me was, I was, I was in school for accounting. Mm-hmm. For accounting. Yeah, and I wanted to put it on as a, kind of an fu to them. I earned it. You can't take it from me. <laughs> I would and, love and, to have and, you, my and, accountant, fighting the IRS. And, and they said, yeah. and they <laughs> said awesome. so, so when, when I got it, I mean, I'd had the Mohawk for a little bit, and I thought, mm. perfect. I wanted it somewhere where I didn't have to take my shirt off for you to see it. Mm. But when I'm going to get a job, I can cover it up. There you go. So that's so why I put it on, on my head. So. 
So you could go from fighting to being an accountant if you had to, and no one would see the tattoo. Exactly. <laughs> you literally thought about that. That's all I thought. That was, this is perfect. It's right there, and, and that, that's what it was. And, but, you know, it was kind of interesting. They, they forgot they stripped me of my bipod when being famous. Who's of all the people you fought? That's crazy. Who of all the people you fought, is there a guy that stands out as like, that's the best dude I ever fought for you? Because for most everybody that you fought, they would say the best dude I ever fought is this guy. Right? They'd, they'd say you. I is fought there, some really, I mean, I fought all the best guys at my time. Was there one where you're like, this dude's going to be really tough for me? You know, I never thought that way. I always thought, I'm, I'm going to knock this guy out. I got, I got him. I'm, I figured out, I know what I'm going to do with this and this and this. Even after I lost the fight, mm. I'd be walking in the back room, man, I just can't, can't another shot at this. Can we do this again? Really? I got this guy. I know, I know where I messed up. I got him. Mm. You know, that's the way I thought. I mean, I was just didn't have any... That's why I was wired. So not one dude of all of them, you're no, like. No, no, there's not one. There's no not one. I mean, Randy was tough. That he, was, mm -hmm. you, know, he, he had to be careful with him. Um, you know, Matt really Silver was tough. But, you know, he's a guy that, you know, I thought, you know, I could, I, he, he, he kept coming, man. Mm -hmm. you know, he just, I, mean, I thought, I thought about him out a couple of times. And he just, just kept coming. Right? Last couple of things. Do you, where do you see the sport going? Bigger. I feel like lately, maybe I'm, they'll probably not be happy I said, I feel like lately that the star-making mechanism isn't what it has been before. Do you feel like the, I know Connor, but. I mean, you go and you go in your ups, you're getting yeah. the waves up and down, and, and we go through a few of some different things. I know pay-per-views are doing great. And I, I think, uh, I mean, I mean, some of the stuff that, I mean, they went all the way crazy, almost WWE style yeah. for a lot of guys, and they kind of, kind of came back a little bit from that. Mm. And then you also had, for a little while, there was a bunch of guys just, just trying to do just enough to win. Yeah. Just enough to win. But then they started learning that that doesn't make you, that doesn't make you money. So, right. So you want to make money, you, people got to want to watch you fight. Yes. So, so they started fighting, the, same thing with back to more guys trying to be mm. aggressive and, and, and fighting. So it, it, it just, it's going to, it'll keep moving, but it's going to keep getting better. It'll keep getting better. You think the sport's going to keep growing? It is going to keep growing. It's, you, a, it's the greatest sport in the world. How do you feel about a uh, MMA fighter getting in a boxing ring and doing their sport like do you feel like that's just sort of silliness or, or? I think it's silly I mean I, I mean I, you know I love I love I thought I, I would love, love to see Conor win but I mean mm -hmm. uh, he's fighting the best defensive boxer you know, of maybe all ever. time right maybe and and he's never boxed a day in his life really right. like he's never right. had a boxing match right um the chances of, I mean, everyone always had a puncher's chance. Well, uh, I think Mayweather stood in front of a lot of heavy hitters. Yeah. And, it, you know, and he's got no reason to do anything, to overcommit to anything, to do mm -hmm. anything, give, give Connor a chance to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I, he had a snowball chance in hell. Do you think the money for fighters will continue to get better? Because that's why Connor did it, right? I mean, there's more money in boxing. Hey, hey for the bad amount of money, more power to you. Right. Right. Probably in, in your, at your prime, had someone organized it, you'd have made a fortune fight in a dude like Tyson. Yeah. Right. Well, we, we were trying to set up a fight with, uh, uh, God, Holyfield. Really? People were talking to my people, and I found out later they, they were talking to Boss Wheaton, too. They were. But, but um, they were talking to us, they were talking about doing a boxing match with one of us. Mm. Or kickboxing. So mm. they, this, kickboxing. In, kickboxing in the middle. In the middle. Like, in the we're going to meet in the middle. But the funny thing is, both me and Boss are the same type of guys. They're like, whoa, okay, no leg kicks. Okay, that's fine. You can still kick, right? No leg kicks no and leg kickboxing? Kicks, but you can kick, you kick to the body and the okay. head, but no got kick it. in the leg. I got it, okay. Because someone told him about leg kicks. So, so cause mm. if you've never been kicked in the leg mm -hmm. and you're a boxer, mm -hmm. 
I'm gonna kick you once or twice, and you're gonna go ah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? I, I, you're not gonna, it's not mm. gonna be pretty. Gotcha. Um, but but so then we're like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. Mm. Never we're happened. This, uh, yeah, but it never got past. They they they, they never offered just boxing, because for if you hey, both me and boss, you offered us offered us enough money. Sure. Was a, sure for the money okay, you're yeah, gonna run, right? I mean. Will I beat him in boxing? No. I think, right. a good, I think in a good kickboxing match, mm -hmm. uh, with leg kicks for sure, 100% I want to beat him. 100%. Um, without leg kicks, maybe not. Right. Uh, you know, but he's a, he's a bad man. Not knowing the straight boxing, no, yeah, I'm even in the hand. Yeah. Not knowing the sports, though, wouldn't do, um, last thing, I don't want to have people be able to follow you, but not knowing the two sports like you do, obviously, right? I would think if there was a chance, an MMA guy would have a better chance with a boxer in their sport than a boxer with an MMA fighter. Or do you, oh, there's, I mean, I don't know how any boxer. Okay, this is why they fight. Yeah. They, they were in the back when I was going to fight. Uh, he was trying to offer me a million dollars to fight one of his guys. Okay. Kind of thing. And really, at the time, I was making more than that fighting. But okay. he said I made less. Okay. That whole deal, right? Okay. But I'm like, it didn't make sense. But I said, yeah, but on in the interview, I said basically, I said, look, I got a 135 pounder. Why don't you, I'll, I'll do the boxes. You come over and have made. I got a 135 pounder. You won't make it out in the first round. I guarantee you with him. Pick right? him up, land him on his hand, and be inspect him. I mean, it would just be, I mean, like, if you don't know how to wrestle or stop a wrestler, I, it's it's a, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. Yeah. I mean, I, you're gonna see, you're gonna, look at what happened when uh, Randy Couture fought with him. Oh, right. I mean, come on. That, did you? I, I actually lasted a little longer than I thought. Then you thought it would. <laughs> I'm glad you cleared that up for everybody, dude. I gotta tell you, I've enjoyed today so much because. I think people get to see this side of you that maybe they don't ever see. I want to encourage everybody to see. We'll watch the 30 for 30 on ESPN uh, that you exactly. and Tina are in. I think it's on ESPN Plus um, on the 18th. It comes out on ESPN okay. Plus. So on ESPN yeah. Plus. It just okay. played on ESPN. I don't know. Then I don't know when it plays again. Yeah, where it goes. you got to find that 30 for 30 because it's explained to you the UFC and how responsible this man to my left is for building this giant sport that you see to this day. How do you want people to find you so they can connect with you? Where do they go? Uh, at Chuck Liddell on, on Twitter or Instagram. Um, I have a fan page on Facebook. Whatever. And all the different speaking, the different things he's doing, you can connect with him there. This, Bro, it's an honor for me to meet you. You're a hero of mine. You're a hero of so many people. My favorite thing about you is that you've managed to keep your humility through all of the ups and downs and the success you've had in your career, that you're, you're a real good man. And uh, there's this, it's funny to meet such a really strong, intense dude who's like so kind. And um, I just want to tell you, I appreciate that about you, brother. I enjoyed it. Thank you very it today, much, man. man. Thank so you. good to connect with oh, you today, man. Thank you. I awesome. enjoyed it. Hey, guys. Pretty good, huh? I told you. I'm bringing you the best people in the world. Remember, every day on, on Instagram, if you follow me there, the Max Out two-minute drill, everyone. You can engage with me. You can get coaching calls with me. Meet some of my guests. Fly on my jet with me. Get my book. Get speaking. Go to see me speak. Max Out gear. All kinds of cool stuff. Here's how you do it. When I make a post every day on Instagram, which is 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern, every day. I just do it once a day. Make a comment within the first two to five minutes and you're in the drawing. Or make a comment on people's comments. Do both, you have more of a chance to win. If you miss the first five minutes, just make a comment every day on every post. We add up all the people who comment every day and pick winners from there as well so I can engage and communicate with you. Chuck, thank you, bro. Thank you very much, thanks for having me. It was awesome today. All right, everybody, if you enjoyed this, share it with people, fastest growing show in the world. Max out. This is the Ed Milet Show.